The Son of Neptune, Chapter 29, Hazel. Even before she got on the boat, Hazel felt queasy. She kept thinking about Phineas with the steam coming out of his eyes. Hi, I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood, the English class that you always wanted. Where we analyze the Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus books through a new theme every week. I feel like the tormenting the harpies was really bad. Like I feel like I feel like she's undermining how bad that was. Yeah, animal cruelty not good ever. But they're also people. People cruelty also not good ever. <laughs> Most of the time. True. Some people Self defense is okay. Okay. Oh, I was just gonna say some people are annoying. <laughs> Anyways, Ava and Neve, how are we doing? Pretty good. Still at home, but I move in tomorrow, so I'm very excited. I need to pack a lot, and it's literally midnight. Like, we're going to be done recording at midnight, and um, I leave tomorrow at 9. So That's so early. Yeah, I'll be there by lunch. Do you have, like, RA stuff to do during the day tomorrow? No. Or just moving in? No, no, training is only um, tomorrow, actually. Uh, but I, my parents are driving me up while my sister's in school. So I need to be there. They need to be back home before like three o'clock. So I'm going really early. I'm leaving at 9 a.m. and I'm stopping at Trader Joe's. And then I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm so Bring excited. me something from Trader Joe's, Neve. <laughs> you need i'll get it because i'm i'm actually so excited because i'm getting i made my meal plan one lower like one rung less this semester um just because i feel like i was paying way too much for what i was actually consuming and now i'll have more snackies on deck for semester specifically those like curl chips from trader joe's i think i'm gonna get like seven bags if anyone knows what i'm talking about i'm glad they're like they're not potato chips. <laughs> they're like made out of something else. It's like lentils or something. I don't know. Um, my entire family thinks they're gross, but I think they're great. So I'm very excited to get them again. I That's love that for you. Yeah. Nice. I um I move in on Sunday. So I have, which is actually kind of a relief. Like there's a part of me that wishes I was moving in sooner, but also I'm almost done with all the Marvel movies, but I still have, my friend and I still have like, like five left before we can watch No Way Home. So we're going on Saturday. So it's kind of perfect timing. Um, I know. So we're currently, Infinity War is currently paused on my <laughs> TV screen. Um, we just finished Black Panther. Phenomenal, phenomenal movie. Can't get over it. Very good. Um, and so we have like five more left, and then off I go to school. Um, <laughs> so that's going to be interesting. Um, people at school are going to hear me not shut up about this franchise for a while. Um, that's about it. I've just been doing the same. Like my brain has been in one area and it has been the MCU. So that's, that's, that's how I'm doing. <laughs> how are you, Brayden? I just want to recap just to check if I remember what you have left. So you have Captain Marvel is the next one, right? 
Yeah, and then Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man and the Wasp. And then Endgame? Is there nothing else? And then Endgame. Yeah. It's Endgame, and then we have to watch Far From Home. There's more at, there's more before Far From Home, though. Which one? Uh, Homecoming. Yeah. Oh, Far From Home. I thought you said No Way Home. No. I was like, wait. No, yeah, then Far From Home. And then, are you watching Black Widow and Shang-Chi? Well, the thing is, like, I... Did those two inform No Way Home at all? Mm, no. No. So we probably won't have time. So we probably won't. And, like, I've already seen Shang-Chi anyway. Oh, yeah, you're you're right. You saw Shang-Chi, and I made you see Shang-Chi and Eternals in theaters. Yes. <laughs> and they were both really good. I, yeah. But, um, no, I'm going to watch Black Widow. I don't know when I am, but I cannot you're gonna like Black wait. Widow. I'm so excited. I love, I love Natasha so much. Um, but yeah, so I think we only have like five left. Um, I'm very excited. You were going to get pretty tired of me because I'm not going to shut the fuck up about this franchise once we get to school. No, I love it. I'm very excited. We can watch the shows that you have. We can watch Loki together. Yes. And Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well, you can watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I don't need to rewatch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I'm fine. Uh, I'm. I liked having time alone, but I'm also bored out of my fucking mind. Um, it's like it was really nice for the beginning, but now I'm just like, there's no one here. There's nothing to do. Like, my rehearsals are long, but then there's still so much day left. And, like, I don't even have, like, homework right now. So I'm bored. I, I'm very excited for people to come back. Yes. Oh, baby, with my Trader Joe's all. Yes. I might subject you guys to an Ava's new winter clothes haul. That's fair. Because I have, I literally, Christmas was just clothing. <laughs> I love I that. think that one of the things, I think I remember one of the, like, jackets you got for Christmas. I was like, can't wait till this join Ava, joins Ava's jacket dispensary. <laughs> literally. Oh, my God. I'm going to hang it up on my, for the listeners, I, in my, um, little in my room in our apartment, I have, like, a closet, but I also have just, like, a rack of coats like I am jacket crazy. Like I have so many. Um, and if you need a jacket, you come to me and you pick from my emporium and I will be hanging up another one in this emporium on Sunday. As soon as I get back, very exciting. feels like a, like a sacred ritual. This is, we'll jump into the episode in a minute. This is very off topic, but I just, the Coachella, um, lineup, just dropped really um and it's very exciting i would risk covid for this <laughs> wait let me see it hold on it's um so i'll just read off the highlights harry styles phoebe bridgers big sean which is just funny <laughs> i hope he sings beautiful girls um <laughs> billy eilish megan 21 Savage, Danny Elfman, that's strange. Brockhampton, Girl in Red, Carly Rae Jepsen, 
Maggie Rogers, Doja Cat. There's more, but those are like, there's some more really good ones here too. Um, but I'm not going to just read off the entire list, but those are the the big highlights that I wanted to share. Wow. This is pretty good. That's exciting. I normally feel like so disconnected from Coachella because I'm usually like, who are literally any of these people? But like, I don't know. This year feels very relevant and very good to me. Princess Nokia. There's someone named Hot Chip. That's oh no, that's is not that's not his full name. Wait, yes, it is. <laughs> Who is Hot Chip? Hot Chip, if you're listening. <laughs> Who are you, Conan Gray? Ooh, this is a really good lineup. Right. Yeah, Charlie XCX. Oh my God. Daniel Caesar. Marina. Hello. <gasps> really. Lil Nas X? <gasps> what I would kill. Wait, no. What I would do. But also, I would kill. So hard to read. Maggie Rogers. Maggie Rogers. Know. I would love to see Maggie Rogers. Wait. I actually do not think I have the um, stamina for or like personality to actually do Coachella. Oh, I do. <laughs> yeah, you definitely I'll do. I myself up, but like I will do it. I was the kind I was the kind of crazy who would like sit outside concert venues for days to be in the front. Like I will do this. Nah, I was a boy scout. I've camped enough. No, literally, <laughs> as a former Girl Scout. I like I don't know. I I don't know if camping is worth it. I sat outside the Prudential Center for like ten oh my god, I sat outside a Barnes and Noble in Paramus to meet Connor Franta from three o'clock in the morning to I think like 11 o'clock in the morning when I was 15, 14, 14. Was he nice? He was nice. I literally spoke to him for like three seconds because it was a book signing. So it's not exactly like I like saw, like talked to him, but he was cool was when it? he took a picture with me. Was it this book? No, it was the one before that. I to for for the the listeners because this is a podcast. I pulled out um, note to self from my my bookshelf. It was the book before that one. Um, a work in progress, I think, was the title. I don't even really know though, but it was a fun couple hours sitting outside that Barnes and Noble for in the freezing cold. But I did it, so I think I could do Coachella. <laughs> Based on my history. No, I could do a smaller festival. Based on the lineup for Coachella, though, that means like those people are doing the festival circuits. Maybe there's a different yes. festival that would not be dying. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, welcome back to Return to Camp Half-Blood. <laughs> this week, we're not going to spend the entire time talking about Coachella. We're actually going to talk about uh, Heroes of Olympus, The Son of Neptune, chapters 29 through 32, through the theme of reaping. Yes! Spooky. It's giving Effie Trinket. <laughs> it's giving Effie Trinket. Very funny. Very funny. Ha ha. Um, I, I... <laughs> Thanks? Like, I... <laughs> um, sorry. 
Ava, are you, are you doing the summary? Is that what I'm you're... doing the summary. Oh, no, I just read. Neve is doing the summary. Neve is doing the summary. All right. I'm going to pull up the, the seconds. Oh, God. Do I remember? Okay. Um, I can't remember. Okay. I hope I remember the order in which things go. But All right. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Okay, so they're in a boat and they get to, and then they they figure out they need to go see the Amazons. So they see a building. Hazel's like, that building says Amazon. And they were like, that, wait, no, before that, Hazel shows Frank why she wasn't in, like, why she had to get sent to the fields of Apostle. And then Frank's like, oh, my life depends on a stick. They wake up there in the city, they have to find the Amazons. And Hazel's like, that building says Amazon. And Frank's like, eh, you're, I know that you were in from the 1940s, but that's company. But it actually is the Amazons. And Percy <laughs> finds Gila, and Gila's like, I'm going to kill you. And Percy's like, no, please. And she only really listens to Hazel, so then she talks to Hazel, and um, the two figures, like, Gila's about to die because, uh, get like, Gia resurrected an old Amazonian queen and they're going to do a big revolt. Um, so they figure out a plan to help each other and then they break out of the Amazonian prison. And that's the end. She also gets a horse. Oh, well, she yeah, really does. I guess. That's an important detail. No, it's an important detail. Murder horse? <laughs> that's that's true. True. I love murder horse. Um, you're... I, I don't even remember what you said now. I already forgot. Oh, when you you got went to Amazon too fast and then you went back, it just gave me like, pause that, abort that. <laughs> there wasn't really much to go back to because it was kind of just like, like, I guess it was new to the audience. Like the only thing new to the audience was why Hazel had to go to the um, fields. But everything yeah. else was like, kind of like just rehashing what happened in the boat and then... Frank being like, my life, it depends on a stick. Oh, and Frank was like, hold the stick for me. And Hazel yeah. was like, uh, and then we kind of dropped it. <laughs> we just dropped that topic. Which is, yeah, that was a lot. That it was, was a lot, Frank. We just dropped it really quick and uh, pretended like it didn't happen. Like she's Amazons. Okay, I don't, yeah, let's talk about this for a minute, actually, because we brought it up now. Let's talk about it. Okay, number one rule of a healthy relationship, don't make your partner your therapist. I think that giving your partner um, your burned fucking stick that supports your life um, is just the same thing as trauma dumping on your partner and forcing them to carry your emotional burdens. I think this is a, this is a very toxic relationship. Um, I, I don't think they can trust each other because they've known each other for what? Six weeks. Um, Frank just got to, to camp they don't know each other. I'm yeah. so overwhelmed by this. But can I say, I think, because, like, it happens, and Hazel's like, eh, no, and then she doesn't hold the stick. Like, or did I, like, miss that? Like, she isn't holding the stick. She doesn't hold the stick. Frank still be holding his own stick. I thought she was holding it later, though. No. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think she holds the stick. I think that she's like, ooh, that feels super weird. And I think that whole section I understood as, like, how to healthily share your story, like, share your traumas and your past with people without it becoming overwhelming. Because a lot of the description of Hazel's bringing Frank back into her memories is, like, she felt, like, numb and tranquil, just, like, repeating this charade of what happened to her and it like 
when she wakes up from it, she feels like a weight has been lifted off her shoulders and that she is not going to get the blackouts anymore. I mean, it's not, Ella tells her she's not going to get the blackouts anymore. And we don't know if that's actually going to happen, but like it does, like she doesn't get the blackouts anymore. Right. Like that, like this stops like torturing her because she finally let someone in on what was happening. But then Frank tried to like, take it too far and be like, hold my stick for me. And she was like, and then I became uncomfortable. And then we woke up from this dream. And then we like, didn't do that. And I feel like it was like Rick's way of writing how to healthily create like, because Hazel sharing that story with Frank didn't do anything to Frank, but Hazel holding like the stick for Frank would have done something to Hazel. And that's why it didn't happen. So I feel like it was Rick's way of writing, like how to not burden people with very traumatic information that has happened to you, you know? I don't think she holds the stick. I remember being like, oh, she's not holding the stick. That like she just takes it from him and then is like, oh, like doesn't take it from him. It's like, oh, this is scary. I don't want to do this. I don't know because not to spoil, but I know that Frank takes the stick back later. There's, There's a specific plot point where, where Frank takes the stick back. But it never says in these chapters that Hazel took the stick. So then I, that's just a continuity error. I th- I think it's just like unclear that she does because I think in the next section, in the Frank section, he says that that Hazel is holding it. Because I don't think I realized it until I read the next chapters that she actually did take it. I don't know. This is so hard. I don't re- uh, we can't actually remember, remember these chapters that we read. I don't know. I thought I made a good point, but I don't even think anyone was listening, so it's fine. No, you no, you made a good point. I'm just unclear if she did take it or not. Because if she didn't take it, it's a good point. And if she did take it, it's still a good point, but it just, like, Rick did the opposite thing, you know? Well, yeah. if she eventually gives it back, then it might still apply. I don't want to... Sp- why so don't i won't but i like i i only disagree because of why she gives it back because it doesn't really matter at this current moment though so we should not spoil it or even say anything else about it because one of us hasn't read this book i know i just can't remember (laughs) Whatever. Then we should move away right from this topic then, because we clearly can't remember everything. All right. Um, songs. So this past week, I made a playlist called "Songs That Make Me Feel Like an Avenger," and on it, I put a song that actually both of you discussed <laughs> last week and I completely forgot about that actually until like a few minutes ago um but it really 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 honestly fits this whole chapter and also the whole premise of this series and the one prior and I've just been very obsessed with it and it's enemy by Imagine Dragons the new was in Arcane apparently but also I haven't seen it <laughs> it just fits that song is too good it's a dragon song. I know. 
Like it's like not a bad song, and I actively like don't listen to it because it's the Imagine Dragons. Yeah, it's just like that Imagine Dragons connotation. I like it though. Guys, did you know I went to an Imagine Dragons concert? Not of my own volition. My friend said, Will you come with me? And I said, Okay. And also I was in like maybe ninth grade. And um oh, but the fun part is they had so the place I go to concerts is like mostly outside. Um I don't know how to explain it, but there's like a like a tent with like some arcade games somewhere in the venue. It's kind of cool. Um and I, already, I feel like I already told the story on this podcast. And at the Imagine Dragons concert, I put a penny in the pinball machine and I got unlimited games. Yay. Nice. I think it's very impressive. It is very impressive. That is, that is, is very exciting. Thank you. I don't know if I've ever actually played pinball. It's fun. I have. I've done pinball. it on the computer version. Yeah. <laughs> There was a like vintage arcade in my near my hometown called Yestercades, and a lot of people had their birthdays there, so I went there a lot. You know, I've never been to a concert, and I think I would still rather have not been to a concert than been to an Imagine Dragons concert. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it was fine. But also, I, like, wasn't a full person. Like, I wasn't really developed. Like, I was probably in ninth, eighth or ninth grade. So, I, don't like, even, I don't even know if they're good or bad. They're just grocery store. Yeah. There's just a specific, like, why are they called that? <laughs> you know? Yeah, because I can't imagine dragons. So <laughs> like, why are they dragging? Like- I'm sorry, but any banding with dragons? Reconsider. <laughs> no, it just sounds so silly. It do. It do. It do be sound silly. That's my only problem with them. Also, there's just like this cult idea that that like why do they exist? And like I ascribe to that. That's fine. Aren't they Mormon? What? No. I no, like oh, I'm, I'm not pulling that out of nowhere. Oh my god, it was actually the first suggested Google search when I... T- oh my god, one of them is. <gasps> no! He went on his mission trip to Nebraska when he was I 19. I think he's the, the, the main... The, the lead singer. Yeah, oh my... Guys, I found out... Do you know the girl on TikTok? Her at... Actually, I don't want to say her direct act, because I don't want to like make this like a hate campaign, but she like she tells stories while cutting up fruit. Are we familiar? Yeah, I think so. She lives in Hawaii. Maybe. She was just like a really funny TikToker who told funny stories. And I found out on her Instagram that she's a fucking Mormon. And I literally felt betrayed. <laughs> like, I'm still going to follow her because she's funny. And like, I shouldn't like be like unfollowing people just because they're Mormon. But I literally was looking through the Instagram today. I was like, she was like, I graduated college. I was like, oh, yay. And she was like from Brigham Young University. I was like, oh. I honestly felt betrayed. I was like, no way. This girl's <laughs> um, But I'm still going to follow her. She's very funny. But damn, I was like blown back. Could not believe it. This is, sorry, I'm like caught up in now Dan Reynolds' Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, 
he, a weird place to be. Yeah. It's he apparently left the church of Latter-day Saints oh. because he uh so he rejected the stance on homosexuality and he described himself as non-Mormon. All right. <laughs> Which is like interesting that's not really declaring yourself as some like you're saying like i'm a non-mormon makes you feel like you kind of are a mormon no i kind of get it actually like it's putting yourself in like active opposition to something rather than just like assumed opposition yeah yeah that's so crazy because it also says while at byu he formed imagine dragons and won the school's battle of the bands competition wait so <laughs> wait no so wait no the imagine dragons was formed at Brigham young university i can't listen to them anymore they're probably homophobic well no they're not they're not but i just they, like he actually like is a big supporter of like queer youth okay i just have se- seen a lot of media that lists that university as one of the top most unsafe places for queer people oh no it is like it no it is but like weirdly dan reynolds is like a big advocate for the lgbtq community okay maybe i'll listen to some imagine dragons then with his mormon band he also uh like discovered the x ambassadors which makes sense oh Literally one and the same. <laughs> and also Youngblood. Oh, I forgot about that one. They did that? <laughs> no, the band, not the song. That oh. was <laughs> the five seconds of song. <laughs> I was like, that's a 180. I know nothing if that is true. But we're good. Anyways, so my song. (laughs) So when I went to pick a song this week, I decided to look through my playlist, uh, my feminism off playlist, only because, and I decided to do Stockholm Syndrome. I love that song. Great song. Stockholm Syndrome by One Direction is a great song. But tell me why Rick wrote the Amazons to have the Amazonians to have slaves. literally like i was like okay so i'm going through the feminism off playlist because clearly feminism was turned off while writing these chapters he like somehow leaned so far into misandry that it became misogyny again it's so fascinating i was like like this was turning badass and then i was like "Mm, we got slaves like that like i literally can't even like like I couldn't even read the rest of the chapter normal after being after reading that. So and Stockholm syndrome is <laughs> I was like, that is my pick from my feminism off playlist this week. Also, if you haven't, make a feminism off playlist. Some sometimes there's some misogynistic bangers, and you just gotta put them all in one place and be like, uh oh, these are unfortunately pretty good. <laughs> and we we have to acknowledge that. Better than Revenge is the first song. Period. Yeah. Um, I went very different. 
And I picked I Can't Breathe by B. Miller um, because I was like, what is the song that plays as they stand in the fields of Asphodel, Asphodel for eternity? And so I went to my existential crisis playlist. Period. Nice. I don't know it, but I trust it. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to discuss the theme of reaping. All righty. We are back to discuss the theme of reaping. So where did we see that theme in these chapters? I was going to let Ava speak first, but I guess not. <laughs> Ava would like to listen. <laughs> oh? I just, I really have no good ideas right now. Oh, T, I see. I mean, Hazel's whole story, like, the, the it's not like the completion of, I guess it is, the completion of her backstory and what she did for her mother and how, like, she was rewarded to get a second chance at life. Like, not directly. Like, it was, like, I feel like it's, like, showing that she was supposed to have this great life and then she gave it up. And, like, somehow something in the universe was, like, Nico's got to take this girl. <laughs> and, like, that was her second chance, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, I feel like it's a theme that we've been talking about a lot throughout this book where it's like like reaping what you sow like what do people earn what do your actions earn especially like with hazel's story like it's all about like actions and consequences um i guess in the end everything's kind of about actions and consequences cause and effect but um we see that it like specifically judged in hazel in the scene, like very overtly where we have like, okay, what did the, the judges are like, what did you do with your life? How good, how bad was it? And it's, it's interesting how, like you said, like we get there like, Oh, you can have a good, good time. You can have fun, fun heaven times. And she's like, but my mom and even though it's not, she doesn't really get what she's earned at that moment. Nico finding her feels like a, like a, like even more cosmic, like something even more outside the gods being like actually giving her like a second chance um, because she's earned it. It like feels like she's earned it in the story, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. We also see, like, it consequences-wise with Hilla and Percy. Yeah. Hilla. I say Hila. It's not Hila? I've always said Hilla, but I honestly don't know. Audiobook pronounced it Hilla. But we can do whatever you like, baby girl. Yeah. I trust audiobook. (laughs) All right. (laughs) But anyways, we see see, um, the consequences of Percy's actions which is kind of what this whole book, his path in this whole book is like, 
running into people from his past that he doesn't remember, but now he has to deal with the consequences of what he did. But he, like, is remembering, which is, like, one of my favorite parts of the chapter of, like, him, like, getting some memories. I, okay, I was going to mention that because I forgot that was going to, that that happens. And I think it's, like, one of the most interesting fan service writings that I've ever seen. That, like, he got to drink that Gorgon's blood, so then, like, throughout the rest of the, I forgot that, because they're, like, detail, like, small details, you know, they're nothing important to the plot or anything but like he remembers the story with Circe's island but like we already know that story so it's not like crazy that he now remembers it but like then like he's talking to the horse and he like knows what the horse is saying and he's like horses are a poseidon thing and he's like wait inept like literally like something just like slipped out of his mind i was like this is the most interesting way to like fan service people who read percy jackson before like who know what percy's past is mm-hmm. i've ever seen like to like have this like momentary flashes of like memory i was like i forgot you did this rick good job this is so interesting to see it was really good. you immediately ruined it with the slave thing so i can't even give you credit but like it was really interesting and i'm very excited to see how else it like comes to play throughout the rest of the book yeah because he did a lot like he did it better in these chapters than he did he did one in the last couple chapters that we talked about when he was like, I think Annabeth likes libraries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The rest of them have been better since then. I know. Well, I was that say, one was that before one? he drank the blood. So now this is like, he's actually getting like concrete memories and not just like, cause you know, the only thing he remembered pre this was Annabeth and like, de- like some details about her, but now we're getting like details about his other life that are coming back because of, the magic of the Gorgon's blood. And that's so interesting. I do like it. I agree. Some fan service is just bad. Some fan service is good. Yes. Like anything in Marvel. (laughs) Yes. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to see um, that for once in Percy's life, he, like, can't just charm his way out of a situation or fight his way out of a situation. Like, Hilla actually just locks them up and he has no control because he did bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I don't know, I, I think we can blame Percy for a lot. You can blame Annabeth even for a lot too. This one, I I'm gonna give him a pass. Fair. Also, it's just interesting. I found it interesting reading that like this Sea of Monsters is an old reference. It was just a really interesting choice to bring back characters from a really old book. Not a really, but like a like earlier book in the series in a role that I feel like the earlier Percy Jackson books. I don't know how to say this in words, but every single mythical being that they have come across in this book specifically and kind of no, the lost hero also did what Percy Jackson and the Olympians did. But every single mythical creature they've come across in this 
this book series has had a point to the end goal. Does that make sense? Like they needed yes. to find Phineas to know where the giant was, like to know where the iceberg was. And they needed to find Hilla because Raina told them to. Like everything ties back to the like larger plot of the book. And earlier Percy Jackson and the Olympians, Olympians books and also the lost hero just had like random like side quests, like on the main, like, yeah. like going to Susie's Island did was just kind of like they needed to, it was like a stop on the way. Like from what I remember that book, it was like, just like they found it and they thought they'd go check it out. <laughs> they didn't like have any service to the main plot of Sea of Monsters. So it was just interesting to see that they brought back characters and storylines from a book that book, which was so long ago, and also like wasn't main part of the main plot line at all in Sea of Monsters, and also exploring how that like caught up with them, like caught up with Percy, not Annabeth, she's fine, but caught up with Percy, and that like like reaping what you sow and actions have consequences, like even way down the line after all of this crazy shit happens, like you defeat Kronos and your memory gets wiped and you're doing like something that from that part of your past that that part of your past that seems like almost insignificant can come back and ruin a situation for you and put you in prison. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, it's really interesting. The point you brought up about like how the format of this book is different. And that's, I think why this I'm enjoying this book a lot more than Lost Hero. And I think it's better written than a lot of the other books so far. It reminds the only other book that I can think of. I feel like The Last Olympian is kind of its own, like, yeah, it's kind of its own thing going on because it's not really a quest book, whereas almost every other book is like a quest. Um, It reminds me a lot more of Titan's Curse. I because everything I mean, in Titan's Curse felt like a plot point and not a like tourist stop. And then I think Sea of Monsters and which is interesting because you ran out Sea of Monsters, Sea of Monsters and the Lost Hero are like the worst offenders of it. Yeah. But like mostly the Lost Hero. And and the Lightning Thief. But really only because the whole, the main plot of that was them traveling across the country. So it was like easy to throw in these side quests because they like had to like hitchhike across the country, basically, like figure out how they were getting across the country. So it was easy to throw in side characters and places that they stopped and businesses that monsters ran and stuff. So, which is like kind of why the Pearl thing is smart in the movie. Because it's a like a, encountering stops on a like uh, a road trip that can be like a plot of a book, but that can't be the plot of a movie. Like a movie won't yeah. work like that. So you you need the pearls to be able to do those stops because you need every moment in a movie because a movie can only be so long. The book can really be as long as you want it to be. Yeah, every moment needs to address the like primary goal and like the overarching goals and like the character goals. And that's why some Neptune is good because it's doing that very actively. Yeah. 
the parallel with Titan's curse is so real. Like, I think they just have similar vibes in terms of like, we really don't like give a fuck about exposition at this point. Like we really just want to go on a quest and not stop. And like, I don't know. Like, I think I read, like, I love both of those books so much. Um, at least so far because they are that kind of fast paced excitement that isn't trying to bite off something like that would be infringing on a different genre. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like it's not trying to be something it's not like it is an action book and it is absolutely packed with mythological references and um, dramatic plot points. And like, that's what I signed up for, you know, like I wanted action. I wanted drama and I wanted myths and I'm getting all of those things. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's interesting how, like, while these books, this series, is a take on mythology, it's also a take on the, like, American mythology and that, like, the Great American Road Trip is, like, such a, like, American-specific trope. And the fact that that's kind of the format of every book of the overall books is really interesting and it provides I think it provides a little fan service where you get to like everyone gets to see when they stop in their state and like things like that um but it's also just as a trope so interesting and and makes it cross over with myths so well because that's one of the great parts of of mythology especially when you read everything all together is like when you read like a longer like one of the epic poems, like the Iliad or the Odyssey, you're like, oh, where are we stopping? Because that's that's why I think the two genre, the genre of the epic and the genre of like American road trip work so well because they're effectively the same. Interesting. I so agree. Wow. Western civilization. Oh, and there are so many problems with this. But Western civilization runs deep in a sense of, like, it really based itself deeply on other Western culture from, like, back in the day. Mm-hmm. That's so fascinating how that idea traveled through time. Wow. I like that. That's really cool to my history brain. <laughs> right? What do the Odyssey and Muppets, the Muppet movie, have in common? Gonzo, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the Muppet movie. What a good movie. No one can argue otherwise. We should have a Muppet marathon at school. <gasps> I love Muppet. I love the Muppets. Drunk Muppet night. Actually, why would we ever do that? I'm 21. That's and that's what I meant. You you drink. I get you're 21 at this point when this is getting uploaded. <laughs> no, you are. Like, wait, maybe cut that part out. Yeah, let's let's go. Yeah, I will. I'll try. My, I will make a note. <laughs> I told you <laughs> not. Oh, God, I hate laws. <laughs> uh the laws. All right, what are what are sass moments? Well, I just love every time Ella speaks, but I guess that's not really yeah. sass. So I focus on I decided to point out 
Ella glanced at the downtown docks, only a few hundred yards away. Ella will find friends later. Ella will fly away now. And she did. Period. Period. I'm not staying with y'all anymore. It's so funny. I loved um when the horse started to talk. And um, you speak horse? Hazel asked, a baby man? <laughs> Frank <laughs> Yes. That was so good. Baby man. Baby man. So true. I'm annoyed now because you both took my moments. So I don't really have one. Um. Um. I had another one. Wait, let me try and find it again. Okay. You sh- you share your other one. Then. <laughs> Hold on. I think it was also something Ella said. Oh, it was Amazon Country. Hmm. Ella will find libraries instead. Doesn't like Amazons. Fierce shields, swords, pointy. Ouch. <laughs> I love her. I love her so much. <laughs> Ella comfort character. I love Ella. She's so good. Know who else I love? Our listeners. And I have a message to share from one of them. That was smooth. That was good. Thank you. Hey, y'all. Just wanted to drop in and say I love your podcast. Also random, but I'm British and your accents have always thrown me off. But sometimes I mishear words. I'm just there like, what the fuck? Because Brayden said broad-rimmed hats. But I heard bra instead of broad, and I was so confused for like a good 10 seconds about why Rick would have written about that in his books. Just wanted to share that. And also in an episode a few weeks weeks ago, you called the Great British Bake Off the Great British Baking Show. And I just wanted to say that that is a disgrace as a British person. It's That's called, the American name. It's called the Great British Bake Off. Anyways, I love your podcast and it always makes my day. Y'all are so fun. Oh my God. Thank you. I love that. And I would so obey, you know, your your um um name-based wishes, but no, on American Netflix it really does say baking show. Yeah. I I, I don't like were did they really were they like Americans are too stupid to know what like a bake-off means? Yeah, it's a strange title change. Especially because it's not even like like a revamp or like a steal like a application of the concept in America. Like it's literally the same program. Yeah. Just with like the, the like exact a, same show. Just has a different logo. Yeah. Very funny, very strange, very quirky. Yeah. Speaking of quirky, what are her offerings? Let's move that time. It's okay. Um, I mean, mine is for Hilla. Like, she just went through some stuff when Percy somewhat accidentally, like, completely wrecked Cersei's island. Um, like, he didn't really necessarily know, like, all of the implications, but... They were harmful to her, and I feel very bad for her because she had to spend a significant portion of her life trying to clean up from that. Yeah. I think I I think I also have to give it to Hilla, honestly. Just because I can't remember if we see her again in this book. That's true. I don't know if I can in good confidence 
not give one to Hazel. Because Hazel was so badass. She really is. And I just love her. She's great. She's doing great. Um, Like, this is for saving them from the Amazon compound. Um, But it's also for the fact that she sacrificed Legion for her mom. Yes. And, like, that is insane. And it takes, like, a really, really good person to do that. Yeah. So, Hazel. Yeah. So, who are we telling to fuck off this week? (laughs) Rick. For this can't have anything, can they? Like, really? It was bad. It was bad. Like, please, for once, like, create some fun female civilization at, like, a 50, not at a zero, not at a 100. Like, sit at a nice, equitable 50 where there aren't problems. Please, God, it's all we want. I'm I'm very tempted to hop on that because I think he really deserves it. But I I think we would be ignoring the other awful man in the room, which would be Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah. And I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna give the one to him. You make points. Um I'm gonna give it to Frank because of the stick thing. Yeah. Yeah. She's literally 13. And I don't think I need to explain anything else. I think it makes sense. No. It was a lot, Frank. <laughs> yeah. You're at a 10. I'm gonna we need, need you to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck? Alrighty, folks, that's all for this week. Join us next week where we will be discussing chapters 33 through 36 through the theme of not Spider Man, Homecoming. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media. We are at Return to Camp on every platform that matters. We also have a coffee account and a Red Bubble store and a website, www.returntocamp.com. We're also returned to camp on the platforms that don't matter. My please. See you there. <laughs> LinkedIn. LinkedIn Bye. unfortunately matters. LinkedIn does oh, matter. Sad. Great for networking. Goodbye. Bye guys. <laughs>